0: We're reading this morning from Romans 8, verses 5 to 11. Those who are according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the, His Spirit who lives in you.
1: Thank you, Claire, very much indeed. Inspiring words, aren't they? And uh, I'm just going to speak very briefly this morning about that. I'm excited by Pentecost Sunday. For me, it is every bit as significant as Christmas and as Easter. And in a way, we've had uh, Pentecost Sermon Part 1 in what Martin said in our All Age section. So this is Pentecost Sermon Part 2, which we've called the Spirit of Hope Pentecost was already an important festival in the calendar, so Jerusalem at the time was packed with visitors. The disciples had been told to wait in Jerusalem for the gift promised by the Father, so there was an atmosphere of expectation. But no one could predict exactly what was going to happen. With the sudden sound, which was like a violent wind, with what seemed to be like tongues of fire, Resting on each of the disciples. This picture not too clear in the bright daylight of uh, today. But it's an artist's impression of the tongues of fire settling on the disciples on that day. And then the reaction of the crowd... God-fearing Jews from all across the world, there was the preaching of Peter, there was the amazing response of those who accepted his message, the formation of the early Christian community, 3,000 people were baptized that day. It was absolutely incredible. And for me, the story of Acts chapter 2, which gives us the account of Pentecost, is a constant source of wonder. The account of what God did in sending the Spirit, what the leaders did in preaching and teaching the Word of God, what the people did in learning together, in sharing their life together, and in growing together. It's just such an amazing record of that early Christian community. And truly, we celebrate the church's birthday today. There is no question that the Holy Spirit brought life and hope to those first disciples in Jesus Jesus, and in a way that went far beyond anyone's expectations. And that story that's recorded in Acts chapter 2 that gives us, if you like, the account of the first Pentecost is also linked, I think, to the passage that we read in Paul's letter in Romans some years later, where he wrote about the new life that comes through the Holy Spirit and especially the final verse of our reading, Romans 8 verse 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from dead is living in you, if this Holy Spirit is living in you, then he who raised Christ from dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. What amazing words. The Spirit gives life to your mortal bodies, to my mortal body. The Spirit is here today to bring life and hope. To bring transformation to our lives here and now, and indeed in the future. And most commentaries on this passage, when it comes to this final verse in the paragraph, will focus particularly on the future. And undoubtedly the Spirit brings transformation in the future, but also in the present. And some of the early interpreters recognize that very much that there was the way in which the Holy Spirit transforms our life here and now, as well as in the future. On our recent return from Uganda, we had a rather long transfer at uh, Brussels Airport. It wasn't quite long enough for us to go into the city center, so we stayed in and around the airport and enjoyed a relaxing time reading and watching the coming and going of quite a few aircraft. And I was especially fascinated by the loading of an Airbus uh, A380. That's one of the largest uh, passenger planes that fly at the moment. And there was a huge crate of many crates of cargo, as well as all the passenger luggage. And all of that went into the massive hold. And it was just fascinating to watch package after package going into the hold. And just to begin to imagine, All of that, plus all of the luggage, plus the 450 or so passengers, plus all the fuel. And you begin to imagine the immense weight of this fully loaded Airbus 380. It was maneuvered out onto the taxiway. And then it made its way onto the runway. And then, of course, as you know, the thrust of the powerful engines, the lift from the huge wingspan meant that as the plane gained speed, so it overcame the forces of gravity and its own massive weight, and it lifted beautifully into the sky. Paul writes about our bodies being dragged towards death because of our sin, but our spirits rising to life because of righteousness. Righteousness. That the downward drag of our human nature can be overcome by the upward lift of the Holy Spirit. The same thought is given very clearly in the well-known words in the Old Testament, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So how does the Holy Spirit bring life into our mortal bodies today and enable us to rise up with joy and hope? How does it happen? I can only give you a very short answer this morning, but here it is in just seven words. This is what the Holy Spirit is able to do. This is what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. And this is for real. This is not just theory. This is what is happening and needs to happen here and now among us this morning. Yes, we believe that God has sent his Holy Spirit. That that Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus in power among us today. So what is that Spirit doing? Here are the seven words. The first word is that the Holy Spirit is convicting. Convicting us of what we know to be wrong. You cannot rise up on wings like eagles with the upward force of the Holy Spirit. Unless you're convinced that the downward drag of sin is wrong. And those things that are wrong have to be put to one side. And we have to say sorry and we have to turn around. I had a fascinating experience yesterday as well as watching little bits of the royal wedding. Uh, I was in South End visiting a uh, student minister who's uh, in her first year of training and working in a congregation which is just so different to many that we know around us. Uh, the people who gather in this particular congregation uh, a group of incredibly vulnerable people. Most have been homeless or are homeless or, or are in very temporary, questionable kind of uh, rooms or living circumstances. Others have challenging mental health issues. And they gather together and there's, the congregation is open. Uh, it's an open community that meets uh, for drop-ins four days a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. But on Saturday when they meet, they gather also for worship. The concentration span of those who are there is very limited. So they they have a, a, a kind of program that lasts probably part one for uh, anything up to 25, 30 minutes, and then coffee break for half an hour, and then they gather again for part two. And each section involves perhaps listening to a song or... Uh, Uh, maybe engaging in an activity, watching a video, having a discussion in small groups. And I joined this group yesterday. It was fascinating. And they were very openly sharing some of the things that they have turned around from because they knew their way of life to be so wrong. Several were baptized last year. Four of them are going to be baptized next week. It is so exciting to see the Spirit of God convicting, convincing converting, which is our next word, because the Spirit of God enables us to realize that Jesus has died to forgive us everything that's wrong and to make us new, clean people. The work of the Spirit brings convicting, brings converting. The work of the Spirit is then embracing, drawing people together as a family, as a community of worshiping people, We're not meant to live our Christian faith in isolation. We're meant to live it together. And that's what churches are all about. Whether they are the kind of congregation I visited yesterday, whether it's the kind of congregation at Christ the King at Whitney Manor School, whether it's our congregation here, whatever the congregation, whatever its shape, size, background, or whatever, congregations are where people come together. And it's fascinating, isn't it, that the Holy Spirit brought a profound unity to a very diverse group of people in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit wants to embrace and to gather us, as it were, into the fold, into the community of God's people. Then the Holy Spirit is empowering, bringing that power, bringing the gifts of his Spirit, bringing the strength of his Spirit. So we rise up to live differently, to live godly lives, to live Jesus-shaped lives. To live beautiful lives empowered by the Holy Spirit. And linked to that, of course, is that the Holy Spirit gifts us for that. Different gifts for different people. Particular gifts of serving, of preaching, of teaching, of caring. Whatever it is. In the story in Acts chapter 2, when the the Spirit first came. The capacity to speak in tongues so many different gifts that God gives to his people and then uniting that diversity into one body picture of the New Testament of one body one church across the world in many diverse expressions but it is one people And ultimately, the spirit will work with our mortal bodies, which after all are aging. And as we age, so the physical side of our being does to some extent lessen. But at the same time, the spirit wants to renew our inner being such that ultimately, when our physical body dies, Our spirit comes to the fullness of life in the presence of Jesus. That's resurrecting. That's the final work of the spirit. This work of the Holy Spirit is grounded in past events, but very active in the present time and always looking to the future and what is still to come. And so in a moment, we're going to share in communion. And this is an act of remembrance. This is looking back to what Jesus did when he died on the cross looking around us now to the people the body of Christ today and looking forward to when Jesus returns this is also a spiritual encounter the Lord is here his spirit is with us and as we share this bread and wine these moments can be your time to truly meet with God today see him work in your life in new ways It's time to start the engines and take to the skies. Let the spirit of hope bring hope to your life today. Don't stay stuck on the ground with all the pressures of life adding constantly to your weight. Take
0: to the skies in the power of the spirit.